everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at The Gratitude Chick, Twitter, Gratitude underscore Chick, and TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also coming to Amazon is my new children's book, My Little Thankful Heart, a book for kids seven and under on gratitude. Follow my social media platforms for release dates. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your weekly devotional with the Gratitude Chick. Okay, so I do want to apologize for no episode last week. It was Memorial Day weekend, and it just the time got away from me. And I also didn't give you guys a manifesting in the Bible episode this past Wednesday. I My apologies again. I am trying to, you know, make sure that I keep recording, you know, with getting busier and busier. So I'm trying to come up with a better schedule to make sure that I have an episode like I promised. So here we are. This today is Friday, the June 3rd. So it's this is going to drop tomorrow on the weekly day that is set aside for the devotional. I'm just grateful that I had some time to be able to record today. Because I've only recorded twice this week. I know, I know. So, now, we are in... If you guys remember, two weeks ago, we finished the story of David in First and Second Samuel. So now, we are moving on to Solomon. And if you are like me, Solomon has always been a quotable person, you know? And I have read more of the books that he wrote than about him, like Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, that kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure if he wrote Lamentations. I can't remember if it was him or someone else who wrote Lamentations. But I often read from Lamentations as well. Um, So... Um, today I am going to, you know, go over more than just quotes that, you know, you know, I've read in like Sabbath school and stuff growing up. So I want to, I personally want to know the full extent of who King Solomon was, not because he was, you know, had this moniker attached to him that he was a man after God's own heart, but he had, you know, some terrible things attached to him. What, 300 wives, 700 concubines, you know, the famous story of him, you know, saying, let's split the baby in half, you know. So these are things that I, um, I'm ready to read the backstory to see how he became King Solomon and had all of these things said about him. And let's see what's true and what's not. So that is what we are going to be doing for the next few weeks. We are starting today in 1 Kings chapter 1. This leaves off um, with David getting older um, and advanced in years as it starts off in the first verse. And we'll take it from there. Now King David was old, advanced in years, and they put covers on him, but he could not get warm. 
Therefore, his servant said to him, let a young woman, a virgin, okay, be sought for our Lord, the king, and let her stand before the king and let her care for him and let her lie in your bosom that our Lord, the king may be warm. So they sought for it. None of his wives or concubines could have done this. Wow. So they sought for a a lovely young woman throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag, the Shunammite. Abishag, the Shunammite. And I just want to say, I apologize now for how I will butcher these names. I, I, I am from Chicago, so please forgive me. Okay. The young woman was very lovely and she cared for the king and served him. But the king did not know her, meaning he did not have sex with her. Then Adonijah, Adonijah, yeah, the son of Haggith exalted him saying, himself saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots, chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. And his father had not rebuked him at any time by saying, why have you done so? He was also very good looking. His mother had borne him after Absalom. Then he conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they followed and helped Adonijah. But Zadok, the priest, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, uh, Shammai, Rai, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. I'm sorry, you know how the Bible is like, it's very much into the pomp and circumstance of the lineage so and Adonijah sacrificed um, sheep and oxen and fattened cattle by the stone of Zahulith or Zohalith which is by Enrogel he also invited all his brothers the king's sons and all the men of Judah the king's servants but he did not invite Nathan the prophet Benaniah the mighty men or Solomon his brother so Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. Oh, okay. I think I knew that, but didn't remember that. Okay, okay. And you guys remember who Bathsheba was, right? She was the um, woman who was married to the man that David had killed in battle. Remember? He had went into her and he saw her in the window bathing and he said I'm you know I'm gonna have this chick and he had sex with her and then she got pregnant and the and the Lord killed the baby or let me not say that the baby died I should say so Solomon is her son okay so have you not heard so Nathan spoke to Bathsheba the mother of Solomon saying have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David, our Lord, does not know it. Come, please let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did you not, not, my lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then has Adonijah become king? Then while you are still talking there with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went into the chamber to the king. Now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was serving the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did homage to the king. Then the king said, What is your wish? 
Then she said to him, My Lord, you swore by the Lord your God to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. So now look, Adonijah has become king, and now, my Lord the king, you do not know about it. He has sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army. But Solomon, your servant, he has not invited. And as for you, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are on you, that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise, it will happen when my lord the king rests with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon will be counted as offenders. And just then, while she was still talking with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. So they told the king, saying, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed down before the king and with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, have you said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down today and has sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest, and look, they are eating and drinking before him, and they say, Lord, uh, excuse me, long live King Adonijah. But he has not invited me, your servant, nor Zadok the priest, nor Benaniah, Ben, no, Benaiah, Benaiah, as the extra N, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, nor your servant Solomon. Has this thing been done by my lord the king? And you have not told your servant who should sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him? Then David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and and stood before the king. And the king took an oath and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from every distress, just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, so I certainly would do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and paid homage to the king and said, Let my lord King David live forever. And King David said, Call to me Zadok the prince, Mm-mm, sorry, Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king. The king also said to them, Take with you the servants of your lord and have Solomon my son Ride on my own mule and take him down to Gihon. There let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel and blow the horn and say, Long live King Solomon. Oh, David is stirring up some stuff in his old age, child. Then you shall come up after him and he shall come and sit on my throne and he shall be king in my place for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. I, I feel like he should have done this before he got this old, with all the sons that he had from all the wives and concubines, that he should, it should have been set, you know, in stone, you know, maybe not literally, but figuratively or, you know, vocally, hey guys, this is my line of succession right here with Solomon. Okay. Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen. May the Lord of the Lord God of my Lord, the king, say so too. 
As the Lord has been with my Lord the King, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites, and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and took him to Gihon. Then Zadok the priest took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, and they blew the horn, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, and the people played the the flutes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. Now Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the horn, he said, why is the city in such a noisy uproar? While he was still speaking, there came Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, and Adonijah said to him, Come in, for you are a prominent man, and bring good news. Then Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, No, our lord King David has made Solomon king. The king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Jerethites, and Pelethites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. Also Solomon sits on the throne of the kingdom, and moreover the king's servants have gone to bless our lord King David, saying, May God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may he make his throne greater than your throne. Then the king bowed himself on the bed. Also the king uh, said, Thus, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has given one to sit on my throne this day while my eyes see it. So all the guests who were with Adonijah were afraid and arose, and each one went his way. So they were afraid. My my thinking, just you know, and I don't want to read you know further, is that they are afraid that they have cast their lot with Adonijah, and at this point they need to scatter so that no one will be able to connect um, what could be treason, really, because nobody told Adonijah he was supposed to be king. He just said, I'm just going to usurp my father and I'm going to proclaim myself as king. And these people just said, we're going to walk with you. So they literally know this shows you they did not have loyalty to him at all. Now, Adonijah was afraid of Solomon. So he arose and went out and took hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon saying, indeed, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon. For look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. Then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar. And he came and fell down before King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your house. And what what is also crazy to me is that, yeah, they had the same father, so technically they were brothers, but they did not act like uh, brothers. Like even um, when you go back and look at David and the the sons of Jesse, you never really hear about them, you know. 
and he was closer to um, Saul's son, King Saul's son, Jonathan, than he was to his own brothers. I think, to me, that's strange, because me and my sister are thick as thieves as sisters. So I could not imagine putting someone higher in the place that I put my sister than my sister. It just doesn't make sense to me, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Now, okay, so that was the first Kings chapter one. Now we're going to go to chapter two. Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon, his son saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, you know also what Joab the son of Zariah did to me. And what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner, the son of Ner, and Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he killed. And he shed the blood of war in peacetime and put the blood of war on his belt that was around his waist and on his sandals that were on his feet. Therefore, do according to your wisdom and do not let his gray hair go down to the grave in peace, but show kindness to the son of Barzillai, the Gileadite, Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. So Joab really is, has been, you know, a f- kind of a friend and kind of an enemy, like a frenemy to, to David, even though he was like the commander of the army. As you can see, even with, um, I've been the, I, I lost it that fast. The, <laughs> The, the one who had just proclaimed himself king before Solomon, he literally is the commander of David's army. Instead of checking with David, he went on ahead and went to this guy. So he has shown, but he's also shown himself, if you guys go back and listen to, you know, some of the episodes we did in, on um, David, he has shown himself to be a frenemy of David, not necessarily loyal, but not necessarily disloyal. Like he stays at that line, you know? Okay. And so here, David is kind of um, warning him about Joab, but also telling him, you know, kind of put him to the side and get some new guys in there that will be more loyal to you than him. Okay, so it says, and but show kindness to the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. And see, you have with you Shammai, the son of Gera, a Benjamite from Bahurim, who cursed me with a malicious curse in the day when I went to Mahanam. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan, and I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now, therefore, do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man and know what you ought to do to him. But bring his gray hair down to the grave with blood. I don't really know what that means, but I felt like it needed that tone. (laughs) So this we're about to read now of the death of David. 
So David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. The period that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. I feel like even as we read it, it was going to be like 70 or 80 years. But 40 years, that still isn't as long to me with some of the things that he went through. That was a very long 40 years. Um, Seven years he reigned in Hebron and in Jerusalem he reigned 33 years. Then Solomon sat on the throne of his father, David, after his kingdom was firmly established. Now, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. So she said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably? Moreover, he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, say it. Then he said, you know that the kingdom was mine and all Israel had set their expectations on me that I should reign. However, the kingdom has been turned over and has become my brother's, for it was from the Lord. Now I ask you one petition. I ask one petition of you. Do not deny me. And she said to him, say it. Then he said, please speak to King Solomon, for he will not refuse you, that he may give me Abishag the Shunammite as wife. And remember, Abishag is the girl that they searched um, all over to try to warm David up. But he didn't have sex with her. She was just, like, um, caring for him in the end. But I guess, you know, anyway. So Bathsheba said, very well, I will speak for you to the king. Bathsheba, therefore, went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed down to her and sat down on his throne and had a throne set for the king's mother. So she sat at his right hand. Then she said, I desire one small petition of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, ask it, my mother, for I will not refuse you. So she said, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as wife. And King Solomon answered and said to his mother, now why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah, ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother, for him, and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zariah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, May God do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah has not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who has confirmed me, and sat me on the throne of David my father, and who has established a house for me, as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he struck him down and died. So, what? See, this is, this is, it, it's these kind of chapters that I'm, I'm literally sitting here scratching my head. Because what is the, like, what, what was the charge against him to have to be put to death? Is it because Abishag was chosen for his father? That's the only thing I can say because, you know, back then, it, 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 it'll be small things that will just like the disrespect. So that's the only thing I could think of was that he felt that it was a slight against David to ask for a woman chosen for David. That's the only thing I could think of because it's not clear here. And if it's clear to you and you have a different interpretation, send me an email, babeswhomanifest at gmail.com. Send me an an email because 
the only thing I could see here is that it was a slight against David. That's the only thing I think. Okay. And to Abiathar the priest, the king said, Go to An- Anathoth. Anath. Anathoth. Oh, sorry. To your own fields, for you are deserving of death. Wow. The priest? What? But I will not put you to death at this time because you carried the ark of the Lord God before my father David and because you were afflicted every time my father was afflicted. So Solomon removed Abiathar from being priest to the Lord that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spoke concerning the house of Eli at Shiloh. Then news came to Joab, for Joab had defected to Adonijah, though he had not defected to Absalom. So Joab fled to the tabernacle of the Lord and took hold of the horns of the altar. And King Solomon was told, Joab has fled to the tabernacle of the Lord. There he is by the altar. Then Solomon sent Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go strike him down. Wow. So Benaiah went to the tabernacle of the Lord and said to him, Thus says the king, Come out. And he said, No, but I will die here. And Benaiah brought back word to the king, saying, Thus said Joab, and thus he answered me. Then the king said to him, Do as he has said, and strike him down and bury him, that you may take away from me and from the house of my father the innocent blood which Joab shed. So the Lord will return his blood on his head because he struck down two men more righteous and better than he, and he killed them with the sword. Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of the army of Israel. Yeah, I remember that. That's how he got his job. He killed the other one. And Amasa, the son of Jether, the commander of the army of Judah. Though my father David did not know it. Their blood shall therefore return upon the head of Joab and upon the head of his descendants forever. Oh my. But upon David and his descendants, upon his house and his throne, there shall be peace forever from the Lord. So Benaiah the son of Jehoiada went up and struck and killed him, and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. The king put Benaiah the son of Jehoiada in his place over the army, and the king put Zadok the priest in place of Abiathar. And I think the reason why Abiathar couldn't, really couldn't be killed um, is because he was anointed of God. He was an anointed priest. And the Bible does say, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. So, and um, that was one of the reasons why David wouldn't kill Saul. Because he, he maintained that he was anointed by God. But David, of course, would not have known that the Lord removed his anointing from Saul. So, you know, again, these customs were different back then because they didn't have um you know Jesus standing in the gap for them they had they literally um you know they were set, they were given a directive and if they didn't follow the directive they a lot of times they were struck at that moment i think it had to do with the level of disrespect and you know things of that nature because there were some sins that yeah you could you know you know, uh, stab this lamb and offer it to the Lord for forgiveness, you know, with the priest. But then there were some sins that weren't forgivable, you know? So I I don't really, I am not well versed in, in the laws of Moses because the laws of Moses, as well as the 10 commandments were very prevalent back then. So I'm, I'm not 
well versed in the laws of Moses because I, to be very honest, they don't apply to me. So I never, you know, took the time to be versed in the laws of Moses. And a lot of people will say, well, the commandments aren't, don't apply to us now either because we live under grace, not under the law. And I agree with that. Um, However, (laughs) we were, my church drilled into us the Ten Commandments. And it wasn't until I got older that, um, that, you know, they always talk about, you know, the laws being nailed to the cross. But it, was, it wasn't until I got older that I realized that the Bible itself says that we are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. Some Christians don't be- agree or believe, even though it is said plainly in the Bible. They decide to bind themselves in the law. And when you decide to bind yourself in the law, you are subject to the punishment of the law. I am going to be bound by grace, and that is grace, you know, by my my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that I have petitioned before him that if I should fall into sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from that unrighteousness. So I choose grace. There are a lot of people who are living that are Christians and go to church every every week and are choosing to live under a law that is, you know, that they don't even have to live under. So I just thought I would say that part. Then the king sent and called for Shammai and said to him, build yourself a house in Jerusalem and dwell there and do not go out from there. For it shall be on the day you go out and cross the brook Kidron, know for certain you shall surely die. Your blood shall be on your own head. And Shammai said to the king, the saying is good, as my lord the king has said, so your servant will do. So Shammai dwelt in Jerusalem many days. Now it happened at the end of three years that two slaves of Shammai ran away to Achish, the son of Maka, king of Gath. And they told Shammai, saying, look, your slaves are in Gath. Uh Uh-uh, see? So Shammai rose, saddled his donkey, and went to Achish, at Gath to seek his slaves. And Shammai went and brought his slaves from Gath. And Solomon was told that Shammai had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had come back. Then the king sent and called for Shammai and said to him, Do I, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you, saying, Know for certain that on the day you go out and travel anywhere, you shall surely die? And you said to me, The word I have heard is good. Why then have you not kept the oath of the Lord and the commandment that I gave you? The king said moreover to Shammai, You know, as your heart acknowledges, all the wickedness that you did to my father David. Therefore the Lord will return your wickedness on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. This is the second time he did this. You guys remember, I just read that he did this to Joab. And he said, whatever is going to be upon you and your family forever. But David, King Solomon, shall be blessed. And the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. So he's letting them know that we are good, but you guys are not. So I think that was good to point out. So the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck him down 
and he died. Thus the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. So in order for his kingdom to be established, man, he had to go and kill quite a few people. That's crazy to me. I'm, I'm trying to think if we should go to chapter 3. Yeah, let's just, let's do chapter 3 real quick. Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughter. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Now I really wish that the Bible or whoever wrote this book would have been um, more forthcoming as to who the Pharaoh was. Because this would have been uh, nice to go back and see which Pharaoh, which Pharaoh's daughter he married. That's pretty deep. Hmm. Okay. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was the great high place. I'm sorry, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar at Gibeon. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a, in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? Mercy. First of all, if the Lord appeared to me, I, you know, back then, yes, they did a lot of sinning. But we, in this day and age, we have so many distractions, TV, phone, internet, social media, you know, and that's just, even if I never leave my bed, that's, that in itself is a huge distraction. But then you have, you know, stuff outside and the news and just so much that, in those days, yes, God could appear to them and talk to them, and, and they heard. In this day and age, yeah, I would probably be scared out of my mind, right? Because the sinfulness that we have that we have digressed to is nowhere, it's no way we could behold God. It's just it's just no way. Oof. I'm sorry, I just, just the thought about it. Mm. Anyway, and Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king, Instead of my father, David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too number, numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing, then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have you asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, 
Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any like you arise after you. <clears throat> wow. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. So, okay, so God came to him in a dream. Now, before, if we go way back to, um, you know, Genesis, when, you know, God still kind of came back and forth. And um, I guess before the flood. And Enoch, right? The Bible says that he walked with God. So even that, from that moment in Genesis to now Kings, you can see how sin has separated us from God. Now, sin, sin separates us from God. It does not separate God from us. And I, I want to make that clear distinction because sin separates us from God because when we are sinful and we know that what we did is wrong, we are, our first inclination is like Adam and Eve in the garden. They hid themselves, right? We are, our, our first inclination is to hide from God. So it separates us from him. But God does not separate from us. We separate from him. So, and and I think that is that is what I was trying to kind of articulate when I said that we digressed um, in sin. Because even this dream of him talking to God and having this conversation, you know, I don't even know if I could have that kind of dream. You know what I mean? I mean, am I wrong in this? Could you, I mean, really sit, sit down and think about it. Could you really have those kind, that kind of a dream where you're talking to the God of the universe? It's, I, I just, I can't. First of all, I can't fathom it. And secondly, I don't even know if the, the sinful nature, the carnal, the carnality in me will, will allow me to even stay in the dream. It may just say, girl, wake up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, um, I don't know. I think of, I think of things like that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Now, two women were harlots. Oh, okay. Came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house. And I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him on her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had borne. 
Then the woman said, No, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king, and the king said, The one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other one says, No, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give one half to the other, and give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, O my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So kill him too? So instead, what, ma'am? So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is his mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. So that is the story that I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's heard this story where he said he would, you know, cut the baby in two. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, come on. Of course we know that that was great wisdom. I don't, I think, you know, back then... I don't know. I don't I don't have any words and I don't want to be rude or disrespectful. Um but I do agree that there has not been any wiser since King Solomon. If you've read any of his writings, you I you know, some people like to say Einstein or you know, even you know, mention philosophers like Plato and Socrates. Nobody is touching King Solomon, sorry. So, anyway, that is our scripture reading for today. I am excited to read to read more about Solomon and and how he became to be, you know, how he was, you know. Even though he didn't have a moniker of being the man after God's own heart, he still had a tiny moniker as being the wisest man ever to ever live, though, right? Because the Lord promised him that there would never be another man wiser than him as long as the as as the earth lives so that means that from his time to now he has still the wisest man that has ever lived so i think that's still a little bit of a moniker maybe not as good as david's right but he still has something and i think also that if the lord asks you what you want you know it shows I don't know, wisdom, I guess, in God's eyes for him to say, hey, you know, I, you gave me all these people. Now that my father's gone, I'm the king and I'm like a baby. I need help in administering justice. He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for so many things, but he asked for wisdom. And I think that him asking for that just shows, um, what kind of person he was and I think a lot of times we do get caught up on like the physical things that he did and that you know the church is like but um I think that's why in first Samuel I always you know quote the scripture but it does say that the Lord looks on the um man looks on the outward appearance but God looks at the heart and that's just simply because as people, as fallible people, we, you know, sit in judgment 
of people who, you know, show us all the men and women that they have sex with and, and not, we don't ever reach enough to penetrate to see who they really are, you know? So I do think that Solomon has, King Solomon, I don't want to be disrespectful, has, you know, has a bad rap or a bad rep, not rap, rep. Um, just simply because him having 300 wives and 700 concubines is, you know, it overshadows, you know, actually who he was. And that's kind of what I want to bring out in this um, devotional each week. Because, again, as with David, my entire goal is to show people that these characters in the Bible are were men and women of God who strove every day to um, follow God's word and be the best person they could be, but they fail along the way. You know what I mean? And here in these times, they didn't have a savior. They had to do so many rituals. They didn't have a savior that came and died for their sins, where, where I just have to pray and say, Lord, forgive me. And because the Bible tells me that if I should fall into sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from that unrighteousness. And that is because by the grace of God through Jesus, right? But there was no Jesus, not not in this sense, but back then there was no savior yet. He had not come. So they had many rituals to do. And even with all of that, David was still known as a man after God's own heart. And David still had the moniker of being known as the wisest man to ever live. So my entire goal is to let people know that, number one, live your life and live it right. Be as stand up as you can be. Follow the 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 grace and mercy of God. You know what I'm saying? Love your neighbor as yourself. All of those good things. Do that. And always remember that we are under grace and not under the law. I am sorry for those of you that continue to believe that you are beholden by the law. The Bible does not say that. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that because that's going to be a whole can. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today and listening to me ramble about more subjects that I love. I appreciate it. Don't forget to add uh, gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Mm-hmm.